0: Who owns Avengers Tower in the MCU? Welcome back to Nerdist News, you January Jones. I'm Kyle Anderson, and now I have a refreshing mint flavor. Today, we're going to tackle one of the least likely mysteries in all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, namely, just who owns possibly the most famous piece of real estate in the whole franchise, Avengers Tower. We know somebody bought it, but the literal pillar of metropolitan superheroism has seemingly remained empty since Spider-Man Homecoming. So we're going to look at the history of Avengers Tower, what happened to it in the MCU, and who the logical and illogical rumors have it as the possible in-universe purchaser of this particular eyesore. That big ugly building in New York. The idea of the Avengers using a tower in the middle of Manhattan, Manhattan. as their base of operations is a relatively new one. In comics history, the Avengers first used Tony Stark's family mansion, located at 890 Fifth Avenue. This dates all the way back to Avengers Number Two by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby in 1963. This edifice done got blown up several times, including at the hands of Baron Zemo in Avengers 277 by Roger Stern and John Buscema, and Scarlet Witch's Breakdown and Vision's badly piloted Quinjet in Avengers No. 500 by Brian Michael Bendis and David Finch. During the time the mansion was in use, because every bad guy in the world knowing where you live is not the best move, Tony Stark also created the Avengers auxiliary headquarters out of an underground bomb-proof vault in Queens. This base appeared first back in Avengers number 13, again by Lee and Kirby. After the mansion blew up the first time, Stern and Busema then moved the Avengers to their own island headquarters. This hydro base was first seen in Submariner number 61 by Bill Everett, Steve Gerber, and Wynn Mortimer. Ah, the tropical climbs of an island. Time to kick back and catch some rays. Just kidding, this island was only nine miles off the coast of New York. The island base blew up at the hands of Doctor Doom, but much later in Al Ewing and Gerardo Sandoval's New Avengers number one in 2015, former New Mutant Sunspot buys the island and moves it to the Pacific Ocean for his team to use. Did I mention Sunspot is loaded? Because he is. Bobby DaCosta has so much money. And speaking of the Pacific, that brings us to Avengers Compound, which was the headquarters of the aptly named West Coast Avengers. Avengers Compound debuted in Avengers 246 by Stern and Al Milgram. Originally, it was the fat, palatial Hollywood estate of some old-timey actors, but Goliath, aka Bill Foster, retrofitted the estate with gadgets and whatnot. The West Coast Avengers, established by The Vision, used this compound right up until the end of their comic run. However, the compound suffered numerous attacks over those years, and its destruction was part of the reason Vision disbanded the team. Later, the Avengers Compound became the site of the second Avengers Academy. What a college experience to have. Which brings us to the main event. Stark Tower, AKA Avengers Tower, which became the team's main base of operations beginning in issue three of Bendis and Finch's New Avengers from 2004. During this period, the Avengers would live and work on the top three floors of this tower, which has its own helipad. Pretty damn cool. Spider-Man eventually moved himself, Aunt May, and Mary Jane in, and when Sentry joined the team, his watchtower manifested on top of it. But like, this is a big tall building in the middle of the most populous city in America. Surely villains weren't going to just leave it alone, right? It was the target of many attacks over the years and was eventually destroyed for the first time in Avengers Volume 4, Number 14. After 2006's Civil War event, Stark Tower was specifically the headquarters of Tony's mighty Avenger squad. Eventually, Tony had to sell part ownership of the tower to SHIELD when they offered to help repair damage caused in the World War Hulk event, but the Dark Avengers would eventually take it over when Norman Osborn's Hammer dictatorship seized control of SHIELD assets. For such an iconic building, it went by the wayside as the headquarters of the Avengers pretty quickly. Over the years, the team would use other familiar places like the Sanctum Sanctorum and the Baxter Building before moving into the head of a dead celestial in the snowy mountains in Jason Aaron and David Marquez's Avengers number 8. But that's the comics. What of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Well, Stark Tower first appeared in 2012's The Avengers, which became the centerpiece of the final battle between our heroes and Loki and the Chitauri. This version of the tower resides on Park Avenue, roughly where the MetLife Building is in real life. At the end of that movie, the battle has removed all but the letter A in Stark. This is, of course, a setup to the tower as the ad hoc Avengers Tower in Avengers Age of Ultron. However, at the end of that movie, they move to the new Avengers facility in upstate New York. The next time we see Avengers Tower is in Spider-Man Homecoming, when we learn Tony Stark sold it to an undisclosed buyer. In Spider-Man Far From Home, we briefly see the tower under construction, but we don't get any indication as to who is running things at the high rise. So... Who bought the damn Stark Tower? Well, during a recent interview with the YouTube channel, Phase Zero, Marvel Studios producer Brad Winderbaum gave us an answer of sorts. When asked if we'd ever find out who owns Avengers Tower, he said, quote, yes, honestly, yes, you will, end quote. Great, there you have it. Tell us what you think, leave us a comment. Oh, wait, that's not an answer at all. Come on, Brad, We're gonna. so we're gonna find out. It's been five years. I honestly forgot the Stark Tower was even a thing to worry about. The Stark Tower that big ugly building in New York. So then, who could conceivably be the new owner of the Stark Tower? Next building is gonna say Potts on the tower. On the lease. <laughs> They're putting so much emphasis on it, it's going to be a named character. The most likely candidate as it stands right now is Wilson Fisk, AKA the Kingpin. There are a few factors leading us to this decision. First, he's filthy rich from dealings both legitimate and non. Second, we know he spends a hell of a lot of time in New York City, and we also know he'd love nothing more than to slap the Fisk name on the former beacon of bloated superheroics. Another reason is that we know from previous Brad Winterbaum quotes that Kingpin is going to be the Thanos of the Marvel Spotlight corner of the MCU. So he may as well have the equivalent of a castle with a throne room from which to do his Kingpinning. And finally, we've seen him already. I haven't seen you around before. Were you here for the powwow? It won't be a huge stretch to explain how and why he bought Avengers Tower. If it isn't Wilson Fisk, however, the choices become a lot more interesting because they allude to characters who haven't as yet made their grand first appearance in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. One such possibility is the Fantastic Four. Now, you may be saying to yourself, I thought the FF lived in the Baxter Building. That's correct, but we also don't know that the Baxter Building already exists within the MCU. That would make a pretty big statement both in and out of the fiction of the franchise if the former main hero's headquarters gets torn down by Reed Richards, another rich genius who heads a superhero team. It's certainly a possibility. After all, in Spider-Man Far From Home, when Spidey swings past the construction site, he swings by the sign which reads 1, 2, 3, and question mark, which leads many fans to speculate the 4 is the Fantastic Four who actually purchased the building. Another name thrown out there as a possible buyer, especially given the last two appearances have been in Spider-Man movies, is Norman Osborn, presumably for his Oscorp building. Norman Osborn? However, I'm not entirely sure Marvel Studios wants to tie something as major as Avengers Tower to a character they don't own outright. What? Plus, we just had a great Green Goblin movie in Spider-Man No Way Home, so I'd hope they wouldn't plumb those depths quite so soon. But you can't do this to me. Which leads us to one of these stranger and yet most captivating ideas for who could have purchased Avengers Tower. <gasps> Mephisto! <laughs> yeah! No, wait, don't turn the video off. It's just a theory. And moreover, it isn't even our theory. Last year, the site, The Cosmic Circus, shared a possibility that Mephisto is the mysterious benefactor we heard about in Ant-Man and the Wasp, and that he is bankrolling The Hood, the villain played by Anthony Ramos, who will go up against Riri Williams in The Ironheart Show. There was even a further rumor that none other than Sasha Baron Cohen would play the Marvel Universe's version of the devil himself. Kevin Feige has said Ironheart would be about the battle between technology and magic, and the Hood is certainly a magic wielder. And there's definitely some poetic justice in having the new Iron Person go up against the evil who took Avengers Tower from the former Iron Person. The only trouble is, in the recent reshuffling of titles, Ironheart is no longer on the release schedule. Doesn't mean it won't come out, especially considering it's already filmed. Mephisto sounds like a not-horrible idea, and certainly we think Fisk is a solid guess, too. The trouble is, of course, that the only MCU movie coming out in 2024 is Deadpool 3. And the two live-action TV series slated for release this year are Agatha Darkhold Diaries and Eyes of Wakanda. So unless Mephisto shows up randomly in Agatha, we're not sure we're getting an answer to this anytime soon. The devil's in the details, Bev. That's not the only place he is. But tell us, what do you think? which rumored buyer for Avengers Tower seems the most likely to you? Are you proud of us for going so long without talking about Mephisto? Well, the genie's out of the bottle, folks. Sorry. Ralph Boner? Let us know in the comments below. Thank you for watching, as always. And for the latest and greatest in the world of pop culture, keep it glued to Nerdist.com.